1001, the first year in Shar HaBitochon. Okay, so an introduction is in order. The first introduction is that really I wanted to start this year, or there were plans, I should say, to start this year, the first, last week, which is the Sunday of Parshas Chayasara, in honor of Sarah here, who organized the shear, <laughs> and whose idea it is, and we should thank her, and I thank her, and uh, it was pushed off, because she didn't want this speech made. <laughs> so we pushed it off. <laughs> so thank you. It's always a good opportunity. There's, there's two Rabbeinu Bechayas. This is the Sefer we'll be learning, Chovas Halvavas. I'll explain which print, which, uh, this is the introduction. There's two Rabbeinu Bechayas, or Bachias. We mix that, they're, they're confused. The one that wrote the Sefer Chovas Halvavas, which I'll talk about in a few seconds, lived a half a century before Rashi, lived in the second half of the 11th century. That's 1050, let's say, to, to 1100, which is a half a century before Rashi. So he's a quite early Rishon. And his name is Rabbeinu Bechaya ben Rabbi Yosef ibn Pekuda. That's Rabbeinu, his name is Rabbeinu Bechaya ibn Pekuda. And he wrote this Sefer Chavis Halvavus in Arabic, it's like writing a sefer in Yiddish, or it was, or nowadays writing a sefer in English. And it was translated by the famous Ibn Tibon, who translated the Rambam storm in Arabic, and he translated this around a century later. It was translated into Hebrew by Shmuel Ibn Tibon. And then I guess that's when it started being called the Chodos Halvavis, before that it was called, <laughs> I don't know what, I don't know how to say it in Arabic. It was it was really written in a in a difficult Hebrew, or at least we look at it today as very difficult. The syntax and the flow it's very hard to read. There's a safer, a, a, a contemporary safer. He was just nifter, rather a, 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 a few months ago, called Lev Tov, and you can go into a store and you can buy a Chavis Halvavus with Lev Tov, and that's like a restatement. I'd call it. It's not a translation of a translation. It's in Hebrew, but it's in simple Hebrew, and it flows, and it's more comfortable to read, and it's he adds some explanation, although he's very tries to be very careful not to say his own pshat, and that's like a I'd call it a restatement of the Chavis Alvavus. So you have the Chavis Alvavus in Arabic. Ibn Tibon is the standard. You go into a store, you buy Chavis Alvavus. You're buying Ibn Tibon's trans- translation of the real of the Arabic Chavis Alvavus. You buy it with Lev Tov, it's like you're buying a, a restatement, it's on the bottom. Like you have on top the regular Chavis Alvavus, and on the bottom you have the Lev Tov. Then, a few decades, two, three decades ago, Rabbi Yosef Kapach, a famous Talmud Chacham from Yemen, he translated it all over again. From He went back to the Arabic, and that's what I like to use in the shul. He wrote it in modern, more modern Hebrew. And he went back to the original, and he changed a few things that he felt the translation. He, Rav Kapach, was changed many things in the Parish Hamishnayos Rambam. It, it's an eye opener when you have Rav Kapach's, or it's called Kapach's. That's that's how we, you know, that's what it's called. Kapach's Parish Hamishnayos Rambam. It's a whole. The Rambam wrote his The Rambam wrote a, 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 a groundbreaking work called Parish Hamishnayos, where he explains all the Mishnayos. He wrote it in Arabic. Translated by Ibn Tibon. 
when Kapach came out with, a, with his Perish HaMishnayis in the last few decades, it was an eye-opener. It, it uncovered like n- new meanings, new layers of meanings. It was very difficult, safer to learn. So I prefer to use this, and that's what we'll be using here, or of Kapach's translation of Chavis This is what it looks like. If you come, if you have a Chavis Halvavis at home, you're going to notice it's not the same words, because you'll be reading Ibn Tibal. Okay? You know, whatever you choose. It's, there's not much difference. It's just, I'm explaining why it might be unfamiliar. You might catch different words. So we'll be using Rav Kapach's Chavis Halvavis, and the real name of the Sefer is Torah's Chavis Halvavis. And uh, your standard Chavis Halvavis is what you buy in the store, and if you buy the Lev Tov version, you have a running restatement of the Chavis Halvavis underneath. Then you can buy a Chavis Halvavis in the store with Perushim. There have been many commentaries on the Chavis Halvavis. There's, around, there's a Sefer with three commentaries on it, and another Sefer with two commentaries on it, and, yeah, you know, that's Torah. Okay. The other Rabbeinu Bechaya, by the way, I guess that's how I started the sentence. <laughs> the other Rabbeinu Bechaya wrote a famous parish on Chumash. And everybody says Rabbeinu Bechaya says this and that. He is a different Rabbeinu Bechaya, and he lived like 200 years later. He lived around the 1300s. And that's all. I'm just mentioning it because there's some sort of, you know, there's the Rabbeinu Bechaya here, and that, that Rabbeinu Bechaya who lived 200 years later and wrote a famous parish on Chumash. Okay, the Beis Yosef is a Beis of Cairo, and it's famous and well-known, and it's not legend, because he wrote a Sefer describing his meetings with a Malach Hashem that was sent to him to learn certain parts of Torah. The Beis Yosef learned with a Malach, and this is, it's, it's, he wrote a Sefer called Magid Meisharim, where he describes his learnings with the Malach. One of the things the Malach told him, it was called the Magid. He called the Malach the Magid. The Magid told him that he should learn Chavis Halvavis every day. He should make sure that the Chavis Halvavis is, is a very important safer for the foundations of Yiddishkeit, for Musr, and he should make sure to learn some, it every day. Now, that's a pretty good Haskama. If a Malach, <laughs> that's a very good Haskama. Besides that, he's a Rishon, a very early Rishon, and you may know from your husbands or from yourselves that we look at the Rishonim as in Torah, in Torah, as well nigh infallible. And if the Rishonim say something, we have to deal with it. And if we don't understand it, we crack our heads to understand it. So besides the fact that he's an early Rishon, he's talking about before Rashi, but the, if the Malach, a Malach Hashem, said that it's a safer that should be learned every day, you have to figure that that's as good as a haskama as you're ever going to find on a safer. And if you found a safer in the street and it had a haskama from Hashem, you'd probably run out to buy it. So that's what the Chavis Halvavis has. The Malach told the Beis Yosef that he should learn it every day. And through the Doros, various Rishonim, Rashi and Sefer, Rashi, Rabbeinu Tam, and various Rishonim bound to down to contemporary mashgichim and the like, considered the Chavis Halvavas in general indispensable, an indispensable work. It gives you a, an outlook on, on life and on Avodas Hashem. We're not starting from the beginning of the Sefer. The beginning of the Sefer, we're not, that's all because I want to learn Shara B'Tachon. 
Shavitachin is no gaya life every single day. The beginning of Chavis Halvavis is, he, he, it's written very much in order. He develops emuna. he gives you a mahalach in just belief in Hashem, in awareness of Hashem, in awareness of the world. He's very, it's, he's very big on, uh, first of all, on emuna, developing the fact that there's a creator in the world, being aware of that. Hashgacha Pratis, he develops very much the idea of appreciating nature, of being aware of the wonders of Hashem in nature and in biology and in the sciences to appreciate how you see Hashem. And it's so obvious that there's a Rebona Shalom because you see all these intricate, marvelous design, as we would call it. You see, you see design and you see purpose in everything that's created. And that's Shar HaYichud is basic emuna. Shar HaBechina is when he teaches you to appreciate a flower and a fruit and a grass or animals or the human biology. It's, 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 it's not to think. It's just utterly amazing. So that's Shar HaBechina. Then he moves on to Shar HaVodas Hashem where he... It's, HaVodas is, I believe famous for establishing the idea that our Avodos Hashem has to be based on Hakaras HaTov, should be based on Hakaras HaTov, on the fact that Hashem created us and gave us life and created and everything we do, right, as I speak, my blood is flowing and my mind is working and it's connected to my tongue and it's teaching me what to say and I'm, I hope I'm making sense. And, and, and there's like, just right now at this moment, there are millions of things going on in my body that are amazing, that are nice. And, and, and how could we, we owe Hashem everything because we owe Hashem our existence. I could be a rock also. I could be, I could be a tree and I'm a person and I'm thinking, and I'm Jewish. And I, like it's, it builds up. You say, Birchus HaShachar, after learning Chavis Halvavis, every single broch is like, wow, I could see. And I, I could walk, and I could think, and I could, and I have strength, and I, I slept, and I'm refreshed, and uh, it's amazing. So that's Shar Habachina, where he makes you appreciate everything Hashem does for us. As we say in Nishmas, maybe we wonder sometimes, we say, Alachas me elef alfe, alofim veribe, revovos poomim hatovos, shall see some of the same vimono, and maybe it's a little exaggeration. Like, let me count how much that is. But when you think that every... Never, you know, you're a person... When you hear that someone became paralyzed, or someone's kidney stopped working, or someone's lung stopped working, and then you start... We couldn't not possibly count the tovos that Hashem does with us every second. So this is... And, and it's that hakoros hatov that we owe Hashem our very existence and life and, and everything that health and the fact that we're alive the fact that we exist so that is a mechayev that that requires that we do his bidding and that's an idea that he develops in Shara Vodas Elohim and that's a, a, a big foundation and it happens to be a big foundation in Beinot HaMachavero also because when you start to think that our Avodas Hashem according to the Chovos HaVodas is based on not some tyrant who's threatening us with Gehenim, but it's based on, on a normal menschliche human 
feeling of Akaras HaTov, and therefore we owe him so much, and therefore we should follow his bidding, because we owe him everything. And then you start thinking about Vinodom HaChaveru, when you have Akaras HaTov to someone, it's a tremendous Musa Haskel for Akaras HaTov that we should develop in our Vinodom HaChaveru. So that's Sharav Odes Hashem. We then move on to Shara Bitachon, which we'll be learning. It's Hashem. And he says that he wrote the Sefer with very gradual steps and everything. It's an order. Obviously, Amuna, and then appreciation, and then Avodas Hashem. But that's all theory. Then when he starts Shara Bitachon, he says, okay, now we got to talk Lamaisa. What am I supposed to do when I wake up in the morning? So, it, it, we'll see in a moment. The most important thing is you don't have to do anything. That's what the Chavos Halvavos is all about. That's why he named his Sefer Chavos Halvavos. As important as mitzvahs are, and it would be a terrible mistake to minimize the importance of doing mitzvahs the way it says in Shulchan Aruch and not being careful about halacha, but that's not really what it's all about. And the Chavos Halvavos in Shara Vodas Elokim, if, if the Shia continues in Mitzvah Shem, if people keep coming, we'll, we'll eventually we'll learn Shara Vodas Elokim next. And he really has the pros and cons of Chovas Halvavos versus Chovas Hamasim. And he has like a debate, which is more important. And why, what are the milus of actions? And why is the Torah so hung up on ritual? But on the other hand, he says, let's face it, it's not all about the ritual. As important as it is, and <laughs> to misunderstand what I'm saying, but that's not what it's all about. The ritual's point is to bring out attitudes, to bring out feelings, to, to develop one's mental state, one's attitude and one's emotions and one's feelings. And that's what's so important, and that's why he calls the Sefer Chovah Halavos, because that's what it's all about. Bottom line, ultimately, it's it's where your lave is. As the Gemara in Sanhedrin says, probably, I'm not aware if he quotes this Gemara, but I'm I'm bringing it down. Rahman Aliba boy. Hashem wants the lave. And the nice mitzvahs are because Hashem, who created man, knows that solid lave, true lave, not emotional highs, <coughs> even if they're spiritual, but real solid, lasting, permeating lave will only come about through Masin. And he develops this idea, and he really has like a debate in Sharav Odas Alukim. It's really fascinating. Well, it's a shame, maybe we'll, we'll learn it. But the most, he says, Bitachon, he says, that's, that's Lamaisa. Now, before we start Sharav Bitachon, that's why I said you're not going to need much text today. I'm it's it's vitally important to define the word because it's a very difficult word to define. And the achronim down to the chazonish who wrote the munu bitachon and there's so many svarim written on bitachon and everyone's mislabet, really. What exactly does it mean? And we have all sort of how to deal with this issue? Does it mean I trust in Hashem to do the right thing? 
doesn't mean I have faith that Hashem will indeed give me Parnosa and health. Do I know that He will? Am I supposed to assume that He will? And what happens if He doesn't? Do I? So, like, what do we talk about? What's the best way to define it? Is it? I wrote down some words that I would imagine at one time or another. Bitochen would be defined as trust, as faith, or as hope, maybe as an assumption that Hashem will be good to us. Some say it just means what we'll call Hashlech al Hashem Yehovcha. Hashem's in charge and just let him do whatever he wants. Is that what Bitochen means? Just a let's say fear, you know, Hashem knows what's best and I don't. See, see, but we do daven for health, and we daven for parnosa, and we daven for good children, and we daven for nachas, and we daven for good relationships with friends and with spouses, and with so, so, it, and I have bitachon that things will work out. No, like it's just, and some say the chazanish. It's a mistake in the Chazanish. I'm sorry for getting into that. Some say that's what the Chazanish holds, but it's not what he holds. That it just means. Hashem, you take care. No. And we have really so many psukim that imply, but it somehow it doesn't really make sense. We're not sure. Does it mean I, I trust that Hashem will do what I want? On the other hand, there are many psukim that imply that. We say, for example, So it's mashma that, well, if He's sort of, we're expecting it, we're hoping, we're, we're anticipating, we're anticipating Hashem's goodness. So, or we say, or we say, and really, if we pay attention to our tefillahs, or if we say tilim, we pay tilim, like every third, fourth pasuk is about bitachon. And so what does it mean? It's really a dis- it's discussed by all the achronim in the last few hundred years. Like, <laughs> sounds funny, but like to really exactly define what it what is it? Am I? But what is it? So, I'm going to say what I hold, and it's funny. Like in the whole chavis we're not we're not. It's not going to be defined. And that's part of the problem. You, you learn about bitachon and you how to develop bitachon and how to have it and what makes you acquire it and why it's so important and that you shouldn't lose it and how great it is to have it. And it's really, whoa, what is it? What is it? What exactly does it mean? It's really a very difficult Indian. This is a good joke I'll share with you. Bitachon, we know, means bitachon means insurance, I think. Right? In, in modern Hebrew? Yes. What? So, bitachon is what? Security? security. Uh, but if we refer to the tzahal. They refer to the police. They say bitachon. The security forces are called bitachon. So, if you know diktok, there's mila'el and mila'ra. So, bitachon is... Bitachon is Milara. And Bitachon is Milael. It comes from Shemaya. That's the joke. Bitachon is Milael. And Bitachon is Milara. That's how you distinguish between the two. (coughs) 
Yeah, we'll be covering insurance also. <laughs> it's a very difficult Indian, as you usually know. Okay, okay. And this is... I don't do this often, but I'm, I'm stressing it not to... So you should know that it's not Pashat what Bitochon is. And I'm, I'm, this is what I hold. The, the true definition of Bitochon is to rely. You're relying on Hashem. And Bitochon is not a passive attitude, how you sp- but it's an avoda. It's something we have to work on. And I'll explain what I mean. It's something we have to work on our whole lives. And I'll give you an example. Everyday life. You go on a bus. Right? You're going to Shalayim on a bus or in a car. So why are you going in the car? Why you, maybe the car is going to blow up. Maybe the tires will, will, will blow and you'll have an accident. So you're relying. Whenever we do, we're always relying on something. You're relying on the tire manufacturer that he made a proper tire and it's not gonna it's not gonna go flat without a, a reason. You're relying on the car manufacturer that <laughs> everything was welded together properly. Right? Every everything we do, if you give any thought, anything we do, we go outside and we eat we buy a loaf of bread and we eat it, we're relying that that it's okay, we're relying that the store you go outside, you're relying that the store will be open. You're relying that a car won't be barreling across the street, uh, down the street, at, uh, at a ridiculous speed, right? You look both ways and then you cross. And you, you're always relying. You're relying on people. You're relying on the manufacturer. You're relying on the person who pumped gears into your car. They put gears in there. The avoda of life is to realize that you're really relying on Hashem. It's an avoda. It's something, it's active, not passive. You have to realize and work and focus that you're, you're, you're not really relying on the tire manufacturer. Because the tire manufacturer is also dependent on Hashem, that he did it properly. That Hashem had him do it properly. That Hashem allowed him to do it properly. That Hashem saw to it that he did it properly. That, that Hashem is running the world. And Hashem could, he could not attach it properly. So why do I, why, I, I really, really cannot, as the Chavis Alvavos will explain very explicitly, I really cannot rely on people for anything. The ultimate reliance, if I take it back and say, what, what should I really be relying on? If I drink this water, right, I'm, I'm relying on the fact that there's no impurities in it that's gonna make me sick. Right? I'm relying on the filter system, whatever. I'm relying on Makarot, that they filtered it through. No, no, no. I mean, yes, but I'm really, oh, I'm relying on Hashem, that He made sure that I would, it would be okay for me to drink this water. So, that's, I would use the word reliance, and I would call it an active avoda rather than just a passive attitude that, okay, I trust in Hashem, everything's gonna be okay. It's something you have to work on. 
to realize that whatever we do, we're we're always relying on something, or else we wouldn't do it. We'd be afraid to walk outside. And and why do we plan five minutes ahead? We rely on our lungs to keep working, right? We, we are. We, we we don't. We're not consciously relying on it, but we should become more aware that we're really relying on everything to work. Oh, so say, wait a second. There's a power behind everything. I'm I'm I'm, I'm relying on Hashem, and you work on that. It's not easy because, you know. Olam but to, to realize that it's Hashem and if Hashem didn't want to it wouldn't happen and I'm, I'm relying on Hashem that's what I'm really relying on and then you start to reap the benefits because once you realize you're relying on Hashem then wait a second I'm relying on Hashem anyway right that's the next step you say oh maybe I shouldn't do that it's wait a second wait a second I'm anyway relying on Hashem. So this is just as easy for him to do as that. Right? So what's the difference? Why am, what am I nervous about? What am, I, what am I nervous about? I invested some money and I'm nervous I'm going to lose it. And I'm, I'm biting my nails. I'm, 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 I, I'm nervous. and I, Maybe there's a little tension in the household. I'm nervous. You say, wait a second. Let's say you wouldn't have invested your money. So... So you're relying on on the bank, I guess. You're relying that the bank won't go bankrupt. But what's the reason that the bank's not going to go bankrupt? Only because Hashem? You have to work on that. Not, uh, come on, bank go bankrupt. (laughs) They have so much money. They go bankrupt. Banks have gone bankrupt in the past, right? It's... It's the realization that it's only Hashem's will in the world for anything that happens. So then, they, they become, as we'll see in the Chayvus Halavos, his first sentence, which we won't get to this week, is that the first important thing that Pitachim does is it calms you down. It's an amazing Chayvus Halavos. His first sentence is that it makes you serene. It calms you. You're not nervous. You're not tense. He, he, he doesn't say you're going to go to Ganadin if you have Pitochim. <laughs> he doesn't start with that. He doesn't say that's the from thing to do. He says, he starts off, we'll see in a moment, maybe we'll get to it today. He says, it calms you down. A person can't live if they're not calm and serene and relaxed. And that's what Pitochim does. It, it relaxes you. Okay, so we'll see because you're relying on Hashem, and anyway, you're relying on Hashem. That, that's wait, I'm anyway relying on Him. So, when you get on a bus, does it mean you know for sure that you're going to get to Yerushalayim safely? No, it doesn't mean that. But just like you get on the bus to Yerushalayim, and you're relying on the driver to drive safely. Or else, if you wouldn't be relying on the driver to drive safely, you wouldn't get on the bus. And if you wouldn't be relying on the manufacturer of the bus that it's going to stay in one piece, you also wouldn't get on the bus. And the tire manufacturer. And that they filled it up with gears. You rely, so you're relying on Hashem. You're relying on Him to get you fine. He may decide that you're not going to reach Yushalayim when you think you are. And then we're going to learn how to accept that if it happens. But that's, you're relying on Hashem to get you there. That's what it means. Not you're 
hoping you'll get there, not you're assuming you'll get there, but just as when you go on the bus, you're relying on all these things I mentioned, and that's that's what you're doing. You're relying on that. It might not happen, but you assume it'll happen, and you you, you know you. So you're relying on you know, you're relying on Hashem, and if He decides not, so you know He decided not. Okay. I all these psukim which imply that if you develop your sense of bitachon, Hashem will respond in kind. That's already, I feel, that's a reward. That's a schar. For, for developing this midah of bitachon, Hashem says, you do this, I will respond in kind. So we can daven for that. We can daven. That's a much higher level. That's step two of bitachon. That... Whenever you, that's how I hold, whenever you see the implication, others don't hold, others hold differently on <laughs> Whenever you see an implication that Hashem will do, will, 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 will do what you have bitachon for, that's level two, that's together schar. Hashem will reward you. There's no magic wand. If you indeed, and Hashem knows, Hashem sees the lave and Hashem can test you in many ways. If you're truly, truly relying on him in whatever you're doing, and you I work. I, I do work, and I get a check every week. So who do I rely on that the check should show up in the bank every week? I rely on Otscrew to send it to the bank, and it should be there. And it's true. So it, it takes a lot of work to say, no, 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 no. I'm relying on Hashem that it should be there, and that I should have it. And that's a, that's an avoda. And then b'scharzeh, if, if 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 something comes up in life, and you could focus on relying on Hashem to get you through it, not the doctor, and not the banker, but you're relying on Hashem to pull you through, you, because you're realizing that ultimately it's Him, it's His will. So you're relying on Him. You do what you have to do, as we'll be learning in the Chayvus Halvadus. Rabbi Salanta said that the Chayvus Halvadus Shar Habitachin is not a Musar Sefer; it's a Halacha Sefer. It's Halacha. It's Halachas. How you have to act in situations. Are you allowed to do this? Do you do this? What exactly? How far can you? What exactly? What steps can you take to do what's accepted human practice in? Earning a parnosa and keeping your health and, and developing relationships and, and doing mitzvahs. Like, how much are you doing and how much do you just rely on Hashem? What are the borders of what you're allowed to do? When does your actions, when do your actions belie what you think you're having in your heart that you're really relying on Hashem? At some point, you say, wait, if you're really relying on Hashem, what are you doing that for? And when Hashem demands of us that we do things. That that's what the Chazal is about. That's what the Pesach said. The Chazal is a halacha say. So, um, so again, we'll be learning this text. Let me just learn a line or two, at least, so it'll be recalled the way we started learning. We'll learn the, the first paragraph is four lines. Omar, I will say, even she kvor higdamnu, 
we started Ladabar al Chovas Kabolas Hamishmas Lashem. So we talked about till now was Sharavodas Hashem. So till now we've talked about the conceptual obligation everyone has to do Hashem's will, to fulfill Hashem's will. Ro'isi, I saw fit, lahasmich lekach, to put somuch, to, to, to put the next chapter, es hadovar hechomor biyoser al ha'ovedes Hashem yusale. Chomor biyoser. That's Rav Kapach's translation. The, the most important, the most intensely vital, the you think he would start with, uh, I don't know, Abu Dazar? <laughs> That's Amuna. He would start with Shabbos. He would start with, I don't know, he has Shar Hatashuba, he has Shar, he has all of the things that he talks about in the rest of the Sefer. But he says, after we talked about Avodas Hashem in general, so I saw fit to immediately start the Sefer, the practical part of Cholvos Alvavos. Hadover hachomer, I mean, this is a phrase that should be burnt into our minds. Hadover hachomer biyoser al haovedes Hashem yusale. The most vital thing for someone who wants to be oved Hashem. For who habitochon olav b'chol inyanov. Bitochon, b'chol inyanov. Everything in your life you have to develop bitochon about. Everything. Your house, your parnosa, your health, your children. You know, before we start davening, we say, "Hey, we're asking Hashem to give us the intelligence and the wherewithal and the ability to daven." So, the Chavish Avodos will talk about that, about depending, having betochen on Hashem in spiritual matters. It's a different. Uh, he explains, he goes through the whole thing in spiritual matters, in material matters, where you draw the line, how you have bitachon, but realize we, we're we dependent on Hashem. We have to rely on Hashem to do mitzvahs, because uh, how could we do anything? We can't think, we can't talk, we can't walk, we can't do anything, we can't daven. So we have to say, Hashem, please, like, give me the intelligence to daven, give, give me the ability to daven. Just on a very uh, you know, on a very, on a very, very mundane level, people have strokes. You know, and they, and they can't talk all of a sudden. In one second, they can't talk, or well, they don't have the intelligence. Some people don't know how to express themselves. And you're saying, Hashem tiftach giti let, let, let me do it. Let, let me be able to daven. So we have to rely on Hashem for, for anything, for, our, for understanding, for. for Everything in our life. So that's the most, and that's a chiv, it's an obligation. It's an obligation that Hashem, it's a funny sort of obligation, because even after the, we finish the whole chayvus halbavus, everybody's a person, there's no objective bitachon meter that you can hook up and say, well, this is my obligation, or maybe a minimum obligation there will always be. But right, it can go from here to here, and everybody really has to find their own level. Even after we've learned the whole Sefer, we're going to see that every person, it's something to work on, and you work on it your whole life. And every person sort of settles in at their level that they can handle. 
that they can handle this awareness that they're relying on Hashem and act accordingly. Within the parameters that we'll be learning in the Chavis Aldov is what they have to do. But the Chavis Aldov describes it as the most vital, the most vital avoda in avoda Hashem because it controls everything. It controls our whole lives. And it has in it tremendous benefit in spiritual matters in Avodos Hashem it has tremendous benefits and tremendous benefits in material matters in temporal matters that's the first paragraph it's vital in Avodos Hashem it has tremendous benefits for our spiritual lives and it has tremendous benefits for our material lives this is by the way the psicha this is structured as sha'orim this is sha'ar habitachon and this is the psicha this is not even perikalaf this is the psicha to sha'ar habitachon just one more point just the ramban it's a famous ramban it's you gotta walk out of here knowing this ramban or else it's like oh you don't know the ramban there's Amuna and Bitachon. The Ramban calls Amuna the tree and Bitachon is the fruit. Famous statement of the Ramban. Kol haboteach ma'amin. If you see a person with Bitachon, you see a fruit, obviously there's a tree. If you see someone with Bitachon, he's obviously a ma'amin. They believe in Hashem. The low kol ha'ma'amin boteach. But you can have a tree and it doesn't produce any fruit. A person can have emuna; they can believe that there's a Hashem, they can believe Hashem runs the world. But they can't summon up that chemistry, that connection to have bitachon. They just, they can't live like that. They see that they they do this and this happens. They don't do this, it doesn't happen. And, and they can't, I should rely on Hashem. The low, that's the Ramban. Kol haboteach ma'amin. The low kol ha-ma'amin boteach. It's an avoda in itself. Emuna means just to believe. To believe Hashem is there, that He's omnipotent and omniscient, uh, that He controls all. You can believe it. Bitochon is putting it into practice. That's the pre, that's the fruit of emuna, is developing bitochon. That's the Ramban, the famous Ramban. Okay, I guess we promised questions. Maybe we should close the tape recorder for questions. I don't know, are the questions only about Chavis Halavis? What did I mean? Mrs. Manrix, what do you say? What did I mean by questions? About anything or about Chavis Halavis? I meant about anything. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs>